All right, we have Haley here, and she knows it's dedication time. Haley, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? I'd like to dedicate this to people who are trying something new for the first time. Yeah. In the film world. Anything, really. Really it's anything. Hard. I know. Good for you guys. <laughs> people ask me, why it took so long to do your first comic book? Doing, you don't know how the first time doing anything, even for your first movie, it's still... It's scary, and it's usually not that good. <laughs> You gotta do it a couple times. You gotta do it. It's like your, I like I say, it's like your first pancake. Make it, throw in the trash, and then. That is the best analogy. Yes. <laughs> Just do it. And, and throw then, the first one out. And then throw the first one out and start over again. All right. All right. Here's to new. All right, we're back on the show, and today we have... Haley Jacobson. Now it's S-E-N. 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 How many people get that wrong? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a surprise when somebody asks. Like, you're like, oh, yes. What? what? I will tell you. <laughs> now, have you... It's A-N. Just have you, have you Have you made a mistake writing your own name with the S-O-N? <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes my E's look like O's. And I'll like, go through and draw a really hard line. <laughs> Oh, we have Haley Jacobson here, who's actress, makeup artist, who just you just won for best documentary for yeah. Z Fest, and also was nominated for makeup in your movie Detective Drews with Ellie Drews and our previous guest Maria Barr. Correct. Yeah. Um, you wrote it, right? I didn't write it. Oh, you didn't write no, it. No, Penn um, Paletich and Chris March. <gasps> That's right. Okay. Yeah. And just kind you're of- not a writer. <laughs> I, I'm starting to say that I am. I feel like okay. if you say it enough, I'll yeah. start to believe it. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, how, well, with Detective Truths, and then you're not only did the makeup for it, but then you're in the movie also. Yeah. As... That was exciting because I had actually have never done makeup on film. Oh, really? This was the first, my first go at it. First timers, right? Yeah. And Penn is so sweet. She knows that I've done makeup and I have like a just you know a small little kit because I think it's fun she's like so you're gonna do the makeup <laughs> and I was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna do the makeup right. but that's also kind of yeah. my favorite way to learn anything you know is to just kind of be like mm, you're dropped in right yeah you figure it out I if I could share it that's what I, what I used to do football refereeing for 20 years and I would train people be football officials okay and I'll just out you go and they're like, what? No. No. And it's, it's, you're like, you're an open nerve, right? You're in that silly, ridiculous outfit. And there you go. You can learn the mechanics and the rules. And I usually do it that way. Yeah. And for a couple plays. And then I was like, how did it feel? And you're like, I'm scared. And I was like, okay. But you didn't run away. Right? Right. You stayed there <laughs> and you made a call. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Step one and two. Right. I think that's the first initiative. If you really enjoy something, if you just throw you out there and it's super nervous, but you didn't run away, you didn't leave, you, you made the mistakes, you were awkward, but yeah. you never left. Yeah. And you're really like, okay, what can I do to get better? All right. And I'm like, sh- I was shaking, right? Every day Maria's like laying there for me and I was like, it's okay. This is fine. I won't screw it up. Uh, I'm going to take so many pictures because I had to recreate it a second day. Mm. And that was even oh my God. more of the challenge 
from never doing it to now doing the exact same thing twice. <laughs> Take a picture mm-hmm. and then realize how you made the mess. Yeah. And Especially when there's blood splatter everywhere. <laughs> I had not thought of that, right? I'm just there tossing blood and they're like, you got to do that again tomorrow, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> I think one of the most, it's hard to do effectively is blood splatters in movies. Mm-hmm. Like to really make it look plausible instead of just getting out your water gun and just pew, 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 you know, right because you want to make it look like there's a point and like an emphasis well and yeah. you have to think about too how how did the blood get there what was yeah. the cut what was the wound how did yeah. it happen right yeah. how would the blood you know i know i know you know <laughs> well that's i i think learning from other people from makeup artists makes me a better artist on comic book world and i put yeah. that posting on my personal page of that we did a the the script called for the the protagonist beating up the bad guy, and I thought, well, I'm tired of punch band zoom. You know, why don't we show it from like we do in the movies? Just have something on the ground like a stationary, and just kind of throw blood at it. Yep. And your mind tells you how awful it is because of how much content is coming out, which probably with the sense with the sensors are going to be upset and be like, well, I never show when we actually get beating. All I did was just right. Yeah. I just I insinuated it, but I think that's what's great too about not showing everything. Yeah. Right. It's your your mind that's going to make up worst case scenario for you. Yeah. Well, you like the shower scene in Psycho. She, yeah. You never see her get stabbed. Yeah. But your mind says, oh, yeah, it was vicious. You mm-hmm. don't see anything. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's, well, that is a, probably is the first slasher movie, but you don't see anything. You just, it's the implications that yeah. you saw it. Yeah. It's your own mind that's scaring you. Right. Like everybody says, Texas Chainsaw is the most nasty blood action it's like there is no blood in that movie yeah. none maybe just a little somebody gets their paper cut and that's it your mind tells you everything else yeah so but that's what so jaws yeah we, we, we didn't well i think there were a lot of things that happened along that prevented us from seeing the shark so early right just in filming in general right but not showing that shark until oh right oh. just cue the music yeah and then you do the super zoom of the frightness, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is far more effective than just see how nasty we can get. I yes. don't mind that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'll, let's test my barometer and see how far I could get before I say, okay. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Right. So makeup artist isn't the first thing. You can pretty much consider yourself actress first, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, basically, it started really young. I think most. No, nah. I think a lot of people find it later in life, which is always a beautiful thing too. But I started out really young. I grew up in a family of four other siblings, so there yeah. or three, so there were four of us, and everybody was really great at something, right? Sports, music. I have no hand-eye coordination, and I had we had to do something in the summertime. I get it. I know. Yeah, you, you got to get out of the house, go do something, children. <laughs> And uh, so we were put in theater camp, and it was just one of the the coolest things. I think that's the most interesting. I never did summer theater camp, but I think that's when you find, oh my God, I'm not not alone. There's other people. Yeah. They're my age who love this just as much as I do. Like to put costumes on, play with some makeup, throw on a wig. I love a wig, you know? Yeah. Well, I think wigs, you understand the importance of hair, right? Even importance of costuming. 
I think I, I talked on a previous episode, like Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson said, make the clothes do the job. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just, it clues you in so much on a character, too, it does. right? It's not just the performance, it's, it's your look. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to pay attention to that when I do comic books, too. Yeah. Outfit, why is he wearing that? Yeah. What does that say about the character? Are they super neat and clean or yeah. lazy and put on? <laughs> well, tell everybody what you had to wear for Detective Cruz was the old-fashioned, right? Yeah, we wore suits. Like those trench coat, so raincoat, the, yeah, detective raincoats. It was a really cool... Uh, raincoat that I got to take home. I always leave pens set with something like just really awesome. And that was the one I was like, this is it for me. We can't top this. Um, yeah. So. But that was, that fits for me because I love detective movies. I, yes. I love that genre and I've yes. done my stories with it. But putting that makeup, it's an kind of an arc back to the old fashioned. I don't think detectives wear that now, mm. but it's just a reminder where we're coming from. My favorite is when you see a female detective and she is wearing some sky high heels. <laughs> I'm like, this is not practical. Hair oh. down in her face. Right. It's almost like they have like it's de- it's um female detective but we're on the catwalk also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I it, not a beat of sweat. No, and I'm I'm, ra- <laughs> I'm actually writing a story called The Factory where there's a female alone de- female detective for the county. And intentionally, well, what would a female detective in the county do? She, it would almost be like a time where she doesn't care about her hair. It's almost like she would have it stuck in the 90s, right? She was still, but it's like you're doing in the county, what are you, you're not going to wear high heels. You're not going to, you'll probably wear boots, right? You're going to wear acclimated. steel toe boots. Right. Yeah. Probably be more and more effective. Maybe wear a golf shirt during the summer, but you're not going out there trying to Mm-mm. do the catwalk out in the county woods. No. Gra- heels on gravel. Can you imagine? I can't do it. I can't pull it off. Can you do high heels? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to think that I can. I have so many. I've never worn them out in public. <laughs> They're just for me to look at. Is that the great scene from Some Like It Hot when Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis are watching Marilyn Monroe walk in high heels and they're like, how'd she do it? It's like some kind of pumping action. Like, <laughs> I don't know how people do it and do it gracefully. I always kind of look like I'm like... Chugging. Yeah. <laughs> Chomping <laughs> along. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably have to, like a little bit of a practice. Yeah. Yeah, I should. I should practice. <laughs> so Detective Drews, how, and then that's how you got involved. It was just with Penn. Yeah. Did you have to like do an audition or she kind of recruited you or? No, it was kind of a recruitment. I think uh, making yeah. a film in COVID times is weird and difficult. And so Penn and I were kind of in the same bubble. You know, with Maria and Ellie. Yeah. So it was just kind of, should we do this? Yep. Okay, let's do it. And then Joseph Vicente was uh, producing that one. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just kind of all fell into place and we're like, let's just hang out for a weekend, I guess. Let's all just get together. If Joe, if anybody know, Joe was actually in my movie too, and he kind of told me like, "Yeah, I'm do- making a movie with because I had I know a new Ellie and Penn." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, it's a det- you and Nick, you'll love it. It's like detective stuff." And I was like, "Sounds like we sh- I should be doing that." He's like, "Don't copy. <laughs> Get a hold of the script and make <laughs> slight changes." <laughs> yeah, and so let's talk about the other movie because you won best documentary. I did, and then Ellie. Who was in from Detective Drews? Ellie Drews did the filming for that one. Yes. And was that um, you guys did before Detective Drews? It was kind of before 
during and was it before? Yes. Yeah, so I knew that I was going to have um, the surgery, something okay. that I um, it just I always knew one day I was going to do. And everything kind of fell into place where there was a lot of time on our hands and we didn't have to go anywhere. And I was like, well, this is the time to do it. And um, I was literally just talking to Penn about it. And I was like, should I make it a documentary? And Penn is just one of those people who just makes the connections for you. Yeah. She's like, Ellie should should film it. This is what she's really great at. Um, so Ellie and I had had a conversation and I was like, I really don't know what story I want to tell. I'm not uh, I'm not a, necessarily a body positivity. I'm not necessarily trying to promote body neutrality. Um, I just wanted to film. This is what happened to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of a day in the life. <laughs> a month in the life. Um, and Which so is I, hard to do yeah. for seven minutes. Yeah. A, d- a documentary that's only seven minutes. You have so much footage. You know, that you just got to go through and then rewatch and cringe at yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we all know that, right? Yeah. (laughs) So um, I had the the surgery and then a week later we had done the interviews that you see. Okay. So still, I was still wrapped up and bloated and like, it was really hard. It was a hard, it was a hard road, which sounds so silly to be like, I did this to myself, but it really hurt. (laughs) And then, um, like you said, making movies in COVID is difficult. And so the next week, I think, yeah. um, I was staying with my parents who were recover or who were helping me recover, and we all got COVID. The whole household. Oh, you okay? And the after surgery too. After surgery, so recovering from surgery, and then COVID was something that didn't quite make it into this documentary. I just, you know, I'd like to do an extended cut. It, yeah, right. Because that's what seven minutes. You're like, gosh, I gotta take something out. But it's, yeah, you, yeah. You gotta just tell the bare bones. Yeah. You know. Um, and then for when was it due? I think it was due. Well, we filmed ours in December as well. And I think okay. we submitted it all in March. Okay. So we had some time to do some editing and cleaning up a little bit. So yeah. I think the deadline was the first deadline was like March or something like that. Okay. So then I did a follow up kind of just of you know, I'm still healing. Still Oh, you still are even. Yeah, you gotta you gotta massage yourself with a wooden spoon. It's very strange. <laughs> Can't go to bed until I get my wooden spoon massage. <laughs> <laughs> That is weird. Yeah. Specifically a wooden spoon. Yeah. My okay. surgeon was like, go to Walmart. All right. Spend the money. Get if anybody um, didn't know, uh, Haley got liposuction. And oh, that yeah. Was, yeah. That was the content of your documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to do physical therapy for it? No. No. No, I don't. There's nothing like that. No. Which is great. Um, it had to change your outfits. Yeah, it was, uh, I shared it with a, a good friend of mine, and she was like, do you realize that it was 30 minutes that changed your life? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I should have had that in there. <laughs> Thank you for um, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's changed everything. It's completely changed um, habits of mine from how I used to sit. You know, I'd cross my arms because it sat right above my rib cage. Yes. And yeah. it was like a three-inch kind of inner tube on just the front half of my body. Yeah. Um, I was wrapping myself with like ace bandages to try and, and hide it, um, really changing. It It sounds so simple and silly to talk about. Um, but just the confidence that you gained from, I no longer am constantly thinking about 
Yeah, because it's, it's, it's up front and center with everything you think about, right? Yeah. yeah. Even though nobody else, but if for you, it's, that's the, it's the block, right? Yes. Everything else, you have to go around that block to even enjoy a day. Yeah. Because it's up and, you know, we talk about that a lot with what I do with kids with anger problems or anger management. It's all, it's almost like, it's up front and center. It's like a big black box. You have to deal with it and then you can go around it to do with your life and we have to get rid of that yeah. blockage yeah you gotta tear it down and then once you tear it down you're like crap i don't well, now i got all this time in my life because i don't <laughs> thinking about this what else am i gonna think about right yeah. well, that was something i learned too while filming is i thought everybody knew <laughs> that it was there <laughs> and to see you know my family just be like oh no we had no idea you know, this was just so in your head. So that was kind of a change in in thinking, too, of not being so self-centered. Right. You know, everybody cares more about themselves. Well, it, it, everybody you know? does. Every, you, yeah. That's the person in the mirror, right? And yeah. that's the person you know every day. And especially when you're an actress, that's the person you can constantly is critiqued every day mm-hmm. is what you look and how you look and how you wear it and everything. So even though you get a part, you're like, well, how do I not lose this part even though I got the part? How do I not get this part? Maybe I have to do this and this. So it's constantly in your vocabulary. Yeah. But and yeah. Ellie and I had talked about that um, while we were filming the interview. She goes, how is this going to change how you are on camera? A little bit probably the mannerisms, right? Yeah. And yeah. I hadn't thought uh, one second about it. Um, and really just anytime you feel more comfortable in yourself. No, I, I, think I would that say. that leads to better performances. I would say um, any modification, even if it's an improvement, is still a long process of adjustment. Yeah. My wife, who always had glasses, even from age five, a couple of years ago, LASIK, and I still catch her a year ago pushing her glasses back up. To- her invisible glasses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because she's yeah. been doing it for 40 years. Just habits you've got to change. And, and like, oh, wait, they're not there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It still took a while for her to like acclimate it to getting up out of bed and you can see. Because the first thing she did, I have to reach for glasses. Yes. And like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. It took a long time, still a long time for her to wake up and like, I don't have to reach for my glasses. What is that saying? It's supposed to be like 21 days to make a habit. I think so. Or break a I've habit. I've heard that. Make or break a habit. I think it's 21 days to start it, 21 days to end it. Okay. And it's still in your brain. It's not I, true. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I miss. I haven't, I haven't had a cigarette in eight years, and I miss it, man. Oh, yeah. I still, I tell everybody, it was the greatest activity. I think somebody, it's 10 years, isn't it, that really, and then your brain chemistry changes? It probably does, too. a couple more years to go. I can, um, even when I smell secondhand smoke, yeah. it's like, Almost like somebody's cooking a steak. It's like, yes. Yeah. I will have one. <laughs> <laughs> Not have one, but I would love I love to hang out with the smokers. You just go stand over there? Stand over there yeah. and like, oh, I miss it, man. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to be like when I was really at smoking, if I saw a movie where somebody was smoking, I was like, oh, well, there we go. Yeah. I'm going to have one too. Yep. <laughs> no, I, st- I, I feel you. So now I just do toothpicks, but You're still. You're a toothpick guy. I have to. It's just that. Tizzy rolls, or is it just you, you don't that's want. That's that toothpick. Reminds me of almost the, the mannerisms, the actions oh, of yeah. smoking. Hand to mouth. And I almost treat it like it's a cigarette, too, sometimes. Take a deep in- inhale. <laughs> I bet that's super relaxing. It's like. 
Meditation. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. The only reason now how I got how I quit was I just remember I'm medicating myself. That's nicotine. So I'm just if you can lower your dosage. So I was like, all right, if I have a cigarette every two hours, and I was like, okay, that's what eight every two oh. hours eight, eight cigarettes, and then next week I'll go, all right, now it's six. So every four hours I would like, oh, that, I'll yeah, do you that. Yeah, kind of scale back. Scale back until finally I was like two cigarettes a day, and then you're, all right, it's noon, I can have a smoke. And you're like, oh, my God, this is nasty. Yeah. That's <laughs> gross. That's a good way to go about it. And then you've just kind of, all right, I'll have one cigarette a day, and you're like, no, I don't want it. And then I was like, no, I'm not smoking. What the hell happening? <laughs> I used to do this every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, it changes everything. I mean, we think about it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was probably the weirdest is watching. I don't know a single person who really enjoys watching themselves on camera. Um, but watching yourself as you on camera. Right. For the documentary, yeah. not playing a role. Yeah. yeah. It was even weirder. It had to be. Yeah. It had to be. I would, yeah. I would, yeah. It was almost like, who's that? What? Yeah. Why, Haley? Don't. <laughs> Because that's my next question I always ask actors is, are you comfortable seeing yourself on film? And you get some real responses. Some people like, I divorce myself. I try to say that's not me or that's... Yeah. Yeah. I think I just fall into, you know, you're your own worst critic. The whole, I could have done this better. Ooh, I should have moved my chin down a little bit. Maybe Mm. chicken neck a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Do I really walk like that? No, no, no. That was a choice. That was a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Who walks like that? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's, it's really helpful. I never want to watch myself, but I think you have to. You have to know. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard. How to move. It's a force, isn't it? Yeah. It's a force. I'm going to have to do this if I want to improve. Yeah. Right. It's one of the things I talked about with refereeing. Start doing your hand signals in the mirror. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm doing a super lazy. Yes, do them in the mirror and make sure everybody knows what you're doing because it's awkward. I think a lot of people think they look good and like record yourself and then see. Exactly. I think that's it. And then especially if you're on camera talking. Yeah. Know how sometimes, you know, my S's come out like that. And to just be aware that I don't want my ass to sound like that. Exactly. Yeah. I'll watch it back. I'll embarrass myself. When I tell people, I want to do a podcast, you know, a lot of people are like, I want to do a podcast. And that's great. But do a couple episodes to know what your voice sounds like. Yeah. Because get comfortable. That's that's you. And how many times do you say, um? Yeah. You can count that. <laughs> You're going to have to edit a lot of my ums out, I feel like. <laughs> you got work to do. <laughs> I'm a I'm a guilty person of those. The ums? Right. Uh, I notice I do like the... Uh, 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 <laughs> let me think. Especially for somebody who likes to do conversation like me. It's a hold marker. Like, I still have more to say. Hold on. Oh, yeah. don't, don't interrupt me. Yeah, yeah. Let me get there. Um, Yeah. <laughs> or if you... You know, because it's one of those... Ums are like, oh, whatever. You ask me a question, but I know I got a great answer for it somewhere deep in the file, right? Yes. Yeah. Just got to ruffle all the way back through them. (laughs) So you're a writer. Yes. Yeah. Is it just Mm -hmm. comic books or? I'm doing a novel right now and I wrote a screenplay for, I wrote the screenplay for the movie I directed. Yeah. I've done other screenplays. I have three of them. And then I did a graphic novel. That's uh, but the script is over 250 page script, and that's the first thing I ever did. 
So I did what you're not supposed to, which is write a little bit of story and then work up. Yeah, you started big. Started big and then now But how did that come to you? How do you write a story? Well, it was the simple answer of me loving comic books when I worked at a factory. And then I didn't, I was worn out from the superhero genre. I was looking for comic books that I would like and I like noirs. I go, how come nobody's doing those noir like a comic book? It would work well. And then that at, that's that saying, well, if nobody's doing it and you want to see it, do it yourself. And so I just, legal pad, just let it all three flow what I wanted. And then it was a little of a scene. Yeah. It popped in my brain of the protagonist antagonist where a big muscle brawn antagonist beating up the protagonist at a house and it goes out the window. That started the whole delicacy. How many yeah. rewrites have you given it? That was six to seven rewrites. So I started the process in 2008, and I didn't finish that script till 2014. Yeah. Because I took, I never took writing classes. I never took workshops. I never did give friends to read. So I got all this feedback. You need to do this and this. I never, I never, I know, I didn't know what the word exposition was until <laughs> I started writing. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm making it up as I go. Right. Yeah. So, and now I'm at the point where I know my style. I think that's the hardest thing for people to do. It's know your style. Yeah, kind of your brand. Yeah, what you're going to do. And I now know my style is I don't like to label, obviously, what bad guys and good guys are. They're both going to do, good guys are going to do some really awful things, and bad guys are going to do really some really good things. I like to blend it. So you're like, what is the good guy? What is the bad guy? And well, I think that's the most interesting. That's, yeah. I have a hard time with superhero um, stuff for that reason. Is that yeah. I always know the good guy is going to make the good decision. Yeah. He's going to sacrifice himself to save the world. Yeah. There, are, there are no real stakes for me. I love an evil guy, but I also know he's going to do the evil thing. Exactly. There was a great comic book issue written about Superman where a boy intentionally starts his house on fire because he wanted to see Superman come and save his family. And Superman never came because he was dealing with something cosmic out in the oh, world. No. And his whole family burned to death. And and that's that was the start of, like, what is the definition of a superhero? Because you see this person fly around, and he, he just wanted to see a superhero, and he didn't think he would ever come unless there was danger. So it's that almost so like... so sweet and truly heartbreaking at the same time. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you so want innocent. to because you want to see your super, you want to see your you idolized. Yeah, he's not coming to your birthday party. Wow. So it's one of those like stories. Like, are you escalating the problem? Yeah, that's what pretty much Batman is. Are you making things worse by doing this? Right. And you kind of are. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think that question is far more interesting to me. And I like noirs where the protagonist, you know you're in a noir when the good guy is doing all the things wrong. Oh, yeah. So, like Maltese Falcon, when he knows who did it, but he wants to figure out really for sure how did, you know, all his little steps are Connect wrong, all of the dots. Are wrong, yeah. yeah. Then you know you're in a noir. Okay. Yeah. If the protagonist is doing everything wrong and they're doomed... Then yeah. you're, in, you're in the world of hurt. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> and then the girl, well, noirs are kind of regarded as sexist. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the 
always in a war, the women have the power. They always do. They know how to navigate the story. And that's how I wrote my story, was the central character was the female and how everybody's getting played, whether they don't share a scene with her or not. How are they getting manipulated by solely her actions? Oh, intentionally? Even on the auxiliary, peripherally, or direct. How are they getting manipulated by this one person? Oh, wow. So I had actually... Spiderweb. I actually literally had to do that. Yeah. And then write a note card, seven reasons why people commit murder. (laughs) (laughs) And then you burned it and hoped that nobody found that. (laughs) I had it hanging in my studio. My wife's like, what? what, what (laughs) Do you think I'm going to come down here and slay you? What? (laughs) (laughs) This could be bad if something happened to you or or Andy. (laughs) Uh, The seven reasons for murder is for profit... If you humiliate somebody mm-hmm. to cover up another crime just for fun, I'm getting the other two messed Love. up. Love. Yep. And? Jealousy. Yes. I want what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a big true crime guy? I kind of was before it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but right. When people yeah. thought it was weird. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it said, I'm never going to do that. How do you get to that point where you were going to do that? You just want to understand. Right. It's kind of like anything that scares you, or at least me. I like have to do a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to know all of the possibilities. All right, let's go in. Let's like yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sharks. I know how to survive shark attack. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bear bell in case I run into one in the woods. I was talking this with somebody other like. They're never going to make a shark movie in Spanish because it doesn't translate very well. Even though they're menacing, but the word for shark is tiburon. Oh. And that doesn't sound menacing at all. Tiburon. Oh, no, there's the tiburon. It sounds that, yeah. It's like cute almost. Oh, look at that little tiburon. <laughs> well, see, now we could make a, we'll just shift the genre a little bit. <laughs> Twist it. Put, put it on its head. Are you kind of a scary girl? Scary movies or no? I do. I mm, I think maybe I like more of a thriller yeah. than necessarily blood and, and guts. Because at right. times it's just a lot of gunshots or a lot of, like, there's nothing... I like when you play with your head. You know, yes. Play, play with your mind. Yeah. yeah. Stuff that could really happen is yeah. what really freaks me out. It really grounded into a little bit of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Cabins in the woods. Mm, gonna watch it. <laughs> we'll be terrified. Uh, paranormal movies. I can't. You can't do it? I can't do them. Oh, like Mm-mm. The Conjuring? Yeah, yeah, that one freaked me out for oh, stairs for a long time. Oh, Conjuring? The st- or is that the... Insidious. I get those mixed up. I'm a little bit older, but The Conjuring is, you know, they're, they go in that dilapidated house and the, yeah. Yeah. And the doll, Maribel, the doll and everything. Yeah. 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 I got to be real careful. <laughs> got to make sure that I have time to watch like, I don't know, a Disney movie after, <laughs> before I go to bed. <laughs> I have to say growing up in the eighties from being age three to 13, we got bombarded with it. Yeah, Just, Disney movies. Well, that and the slasher movies. Oh, oh, yes. Everywhere. And it was like just advertised on TV, too. So it's not like, oh, that's not for children. But you will see the commercials like, right at an hour. Yeah. Just to see blood splatter. <laughs> yes. The wall. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we got to hit over the head with it. If you didn't know in the 80s, I told somebody, the 80s, we just, nothing. Absolutely nothing was done subtly. Nothing. Everything was really loud. Movies, every just neon. Very obvious. 
<laughs> clothes, <laughs> music, <Yeah>. hair, <laughs> hair. <laughs> Nothing was done subtle. <laughs> what a time to be alive, though. You know, <laughs> loud. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, we grew up with four. You had to. You had to be loud. Yeah, we were. We were really loud. We grew up. I grew up on a small hobby farm, so that was really. Well, you can get away with it, right? Yeah, they would just release you. <laughs> Go outside. We'd build, you know, forts in the woods. We we made a lot of movies. Woods are nice. Yeah, that's a great yeah area to start. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun. The TV was always on. In every home movie, TV is on. It was part of the... That's what you did. You sat down after dinner and you watched a movie together. Pay-per-view. Oh, when you got a pay-per-view. That was... Yeah. You were living high that Right. Day. They're like, yeah. shut up and pay attention. This <laughs> yes. is worth it. It starts at eight. <laughs> we used to have to shut the telephone line off to watch a pay-per-view. You had to back in the old days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dial up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had this conversation with somebody else about, you know, you rent a movie and you go to the, the whole process of going to a store, renting a movie was a huge investment of not only time and money and everything. Yeah. And I don't think people, kids now, understand. I'm gonna, I'm, I invest in this. I'm gonna watch this from beginning to end. Yes. I'm not gonna just stream it like, oh, this is boring. I'm done with it. I'm. <laughs> Where I wanted to yeah. see this movie, and I've been three times to the blockbuster, yes. and they didn't have it, and today I got it. And I'm going to watch it from beginning yes. to end. Yes. Our aunt um, would take us every summer, right? She's the first one who really introduced me to professional theater. Oh really? Oh cool. Yeah. So the we went to go see Pirates of Penzance at the Lyric Arts Theater in Anoka. Nice. And I was like, this is everything. <laughs> and then we got to go pick out whatever movies we wanted. So all yeah. four of us would pick out like four movies. And it was just the highlight of the summer. We could have been yeah. outside. We should have been outside. But, but that's the highlight we of the summer. We were hunkered down just watching Jurassic Ooh, Jurassic Park. We never made it through a Jurassic Park. <laughs> you never you never <laughs> I'm an adult. I made it through now. Yeah. Yes, I have. I've seen them all now. Uh, but that was always the the goal every week was we're going to finish all three. I think there were only three at the time. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All three Jurassic Parks. It was great. I remember when well, I was I was a teenager when Jurassic Park came out. So I was, I grew, Spielberg. I'm a Spielberg kid. Yeah. I grew up oh, Spielberg. Sure. And it's all those... What I like about the movie is everything I liked about Spielberg. It's a, all those little tastes of a horror movie. It's a little bit taste of a little bit of fun, whimsical yes. summer. And, of course, we have to throw a little bit of Indiana Jones just to, free, just to remind you who... <laughs> who's, who's who's in charge here. Right. Yeah. And then we all went to theater and saw this and, like, it's a breakthrough movie because it had the first one to really use computer graphics. Yes. I think we, I was in a sold out theater and when you saw the, the, the action of the camera moving as the fake dinosaurs were running along with the people, I think everyone was like, never saw that before. No. And they were just, what? Because we're so used to claymations, cameras sit still in the action. And then I think even Spielberg, like what? I can move the camera. You gotta yeah. be kidding me. <laughs> I bet there was just an audible gasp. Yeah. I remember. So Twilight. It was. The Twilight series has made a resurgence now. Are you up to speed on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That yeah. was my high school experience was it was Twilight. Okay. okay. So now it's on Netflix. But I was in the theaters. 
Right. I was in the front row in those theaters. And that, there's just nothing quite like that that I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like people are going to miss out on renting at home. You know, so you were sitting there with a group of people and we're all reacting to seeing something for the first time that we're excited about. Yeah, it's the same for even though Jurassic Park, and even though I'm still preteen and I watch all the Spielberg's movies and all the like E.T. and everything, I kind of know what I'm getting into. Yeah. But it's still that critique of I want to see something new and I got it. And like, this is going to be massive. Yeah. Not only that, that's a huge footnote for how cinema's going to be from now on. Yeah, the is change. It, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break and back more with Haley. When we came back into Rome, I got a message from one of my sales girls here in the office saying, oh, Sal, we need to talk to you. Yeah, at that point in time, I had no idea what was in store. Oh, shit. I think there's an issue. The entire amount has been pulled out of our accounts. This is Fool Me Twice. This is a podcast about diamonds. My mum and I were approached by a woman in Hong Kong who owns a diamond business and had a pretty compelling story to tell. This podcast follows that story and attempts to unravel some of the shadier aspects of the diamond industry as a whole. The feedback from him was that she is a very smart woman. She is conniving and very good at getting away with these sort of things. Diamonds are the ultimate status symbol. Trust is such a centerpiece of human society. You can find Fool Me Twice, all about diamonds, on Ozcast Network and all podcast platforms. All right, we're back with Haley. So, movies, always? Always, forever. <laughs> Is there certain drama that you like? We talked about that we like horror movies and all that stuff and true crimes. Of course, mm-hmm. we're a girl. I mean, I like crime, true crimes, yes, yes, yeah, yes. But yeah. is there a certain drama that you can... A drama? A certain genre. Oh, genre. Genre. There, uh, I'm lazy with my... <laughs> With my language, yeah. I was yeah. like, sure, yeah. Yeah, um, drama. Of course, that's what all, every story is. <laughs> exactly, I like yeah. it all. Um, I don't. You don't have. I don't. Don't have an automatic. You'd like, you can watch every, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think I prefer not to, like, I love a John Wick. I don't know what it is about John Wick. That works for me, but most actions well, it's don't. It's Keanu. Well, yeah, that's very true. And you, you started a whole Chain reaction of pissing him off by killing his dog. I mean, what? I believe it. I, three movies based off of a one inciting incident. Like, isn't that? I love it. That makes it's logical to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would react. Yeah. I mean, probably not to that extreme. Not 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 gifted either. No, but no right. don't have those skills. Um, yeah, I love a, a rom com. I love a, a. I have a hard time with comedy finding a good. I'm not as. I'm, I like a smart comedy. Right, so a lot of yeah. the kind of slapstick stuff is lost on me. The physical, the slapstick, you know, yeah. poking your eyes out, the stooges, yeah. the three stooges kind of a thing. Like Will Ferrell, I think is, I mean, he's a genius, right? He's a, yeah. I would probably not go see a movie with but Will Ferrell. It's that, well, he does that where if it doesn't know if the joke's working, so I'll just go loud. Right. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> Which is fine. It's comedy. You have to do something. I mean, God, take off my shirt. I'll do it. Whatever the yeah, to make you laugh. Whatever I need to do. But like Melissa McCarthy, I think is just, she's hilarious. Kristen Wiig. Well, she's the complete opposite. She's subtle, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll do the quiet joke and make sure you're laughing in the corner. Yeah. Like maybe you get it. If you get my joke, then you could be in my club. Exactly. Yeah. That's the kind of comedy I like. I want to think, I want, I want it to surprise me. You know? Oh, yes. I still, my wife and I, we watch Barb and Star, and I still talk about that movie. Oh, Barb and Star? Yeah, Go you do it. Go to Del Mar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched, I watched oh, yeah. it half-heartedly. I was doing something else that was on in the background, but. It still works when it's in the it background. It still works. Yeah, yeah. That little, that little boy better get his own movie. Yeah. Oh, that is, uh, he needs a spinoff like he needs a series I know. he was so good I know that whole beginning when him riding his bike singing Barbara Streisand yes I go that is the greatest short film I've ever seen in my life that that works for it <laughs> I know I wish and I the, made that short film and then I was surprised you know at the switch yeah which yeah. was nice yeah but I, we needed that movie it was the right timing also we need something that just can Check our, I mean, yeah. Gamero del Toro, who does horror movies, yes. said that was the greatest movie he's seen in years. It was weird. <laughs> it was outrageous. It was it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I know who Tommy Bahama is. <laughs> Tommy. Oh yeah. <laughs> my wife was. My wife was like, "You don't get it, do you?" And I was like, "I don't get." No, that's Andrew Garcia. She goes, "No, you don't get the Tommy Bahama." I was like, "No." She goes, "God, you need to go out." You. <laughs> Get out of the house, man. She's laughing hysterically, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it, was, and it was charming, too. I yeah. love an adult um, um, coming-of-age story. Yeah. You right? I think just because, personally, you know, well, they're, identify they're, that way. They're in their own little world. Yeah. But it's not like they dial out the world. Right. But they're in their little centric about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Bridesmaids is the same, similar too. Maybe that's why I like Kristen Wig. She kind of does stuff like that. Right. Adult existential crisis, coming of age into yourself story. Right. When when she, when reality kind of hits her. Yeah. It's almost like she yeah, she always had that character when reality hits her, it's almost like, "Uh-oh." Yeah. I wanted to be <laughs> Yeah, she's Merritt Weaver. I will watch almost anything Merritt is in. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't look away. She's so good. <laughs> yeah. My next two dogs will be Barbenstar. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> my next to just take two girls and name Barbenstar. Yeah. And they get the pants, the The oh, gout gu- gulags. Gulag whatever they're yeah. they're called? I don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll take it back if it's not. <laughs> yeah. So what is coming up for you? What you have in the future? Um, so I'm working with um Josh Sibley, uh, Deft Pictures again. <gasps> okay. That's so that'll come up. Ooh, next. What what month is it? What day is it? <laughs> I don't. Know. We're um, still in twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Are we? No. <laughs> you got me. Uh, uh, I, I didn't like, know. Yeah. What <laughs> um, a, that shoots in August, and then I'm I'm writing. I'm nice. writing something, and Good. I'm really intentional about making it great. Right. It's 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 a very scary process for the first time. Yeah, and I've written yeah. stuff before, right? Like, I know that it's important to do your own content. Yeah. Um, none of it's been really outstanding, right? Because it's like, you gotta, you gotta do it. 
throw out the pancake. You got to throw out the pancake and just. And then keep going. Um, So I'm. I'm feeling good about it. I always, my, my favorite thing is I think my neighbors think I'm schizophrenic because I would go outside and just do the dialogue of the story. Yeah. And act it out and speak it out because I want to how it sounds. Do you record yourself doing that ever? I don't because that's a weird thing. I don't really do Even though I do a show on yeah. a podcast, I don't record dialogue. I just retain it. Yeah. How it sounds because I want to sound dialogue. It sounds a little bit natural. But yeah. I just somebody just submitted a script for me to read, and my main criticism was you're being too safe. Yeah. Your characters are too safe. The story's a little too safe. You want to make sure mommy and daddy approve. Really, and that's the hardest thing I always tell people younger than me: write like your parents don't exist. <laughs> right, like they'll never see it. Never see it, especially and write characters that you really are repudiated by. Yeah, or really adore. Because guess what? The audience are going to be really repudiated about it and really adore. Yeah. And I think that's for writers. It's hard to, yeah, I want to write a bad guy. You're going to have to be the bad guy yes. when you write it. But you yeah. also have to make the bad guy somewhat kind of likable. Oh, yeah. That's my you next know? my next thing is bad guys aren't bad all the time. Yeah. They have to find something retainable that's interesting to them. Yeah. What is a redeeming, not even necessarily redeeming. I guess that's wrong. But why? why am I interested? You know, why Why do I care? Then yeah. throw him away. Hannibal Lecter has some redeeming qualities to him, even though yeah. he's a vicious psychopath. Yeah. But he's very charming to Clarice. Yes, he is. <laughs> Fava beans. <laughs> I, love, I, I love that movie more now than I did when it came out. I didn't understand it when it came, I was too young. <laughs> I was too, too young. I was watching things I shouldn't have been watching too young. But that's the fun of it. Somebody yeah. told you not to watch it, and what will you do? I watched it. I know. And I was like, this, what? That's <laughs> <laughs> all, you know, Turner Classics now have on Saturday morning at 2 a.m. play TCM Underground. Okay. And it's all the movies that when I was a kid, somebody told me not to watch. And that's why we love those cult classics. It's somewhere around the line, somebody said, oh, that's trash. Or, yes. That's, no, or you're too young for that or whatever. And those are all the movies. They're, the catch-all is catch, cla- you know, it's a cult classic. But it's all, it's an underground. It's all those movies that we're told not to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. they make the, the biggest impact, too, mm-hmm. on you, right? Right. And that's why they're favorites. Piranha is an awful oh, movie. It's terrible. <laughs> but it, you can retain it. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. something that you can retain, right? Yeah. yeah. My main criticisms, and I always, when I critique movies on my YouTube channel, is is it memorable or unforgettable? Great movies do both. Good movies, whether bad or good, you remembered you saw it and have a good, nice, warm feeling about it, or something like, I will never forget that I saw this movie. Yeah. yeah. The worst thing you can do. Anything in artistic work is do something and people forget. Right. Memorable or unforgettable. Detective Drew's is memorable and unforgettable. I will always remember I saw that. And I always will not forget some of the stuff in there that I saw. Yeah. They did a great job on that one. I feel like The Princess Bride. (laughs) Right, yeah. You will never top that, in my opinion. Isn't that weird? The weird is there's memorable scenes in it. Yeah. But there's also some things that are really unforgettable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the heck? It's a boy. They're kissing again. Yes. Oh, <laughs> is this a kissing book? <laughs> so good. So cute. So what is like a movie that you want to make or you want to do that you haven't had a chance yet? 
Well, I'm working, I think the hardest challenge ever for a filmmaker to do is a parody. I think that's hard to do. Yes. Because when you do a parody, you have to make it like you're legitimately, seriously legit doing this movie, but you're doing, making fun of it. Yeah. I think that is the ultimate hard trick to do. Well, I think that's where a lot of comedy comes in to play too, that is unsuccessful, is where they're playing it to be funny. But you have to play it like it's serious. Absolutely happening. It's yeah. kind of like improv. Like, yeah, everything is yes. This is happening. You know? <laughs> That's a tough time with Roddy Dangerfield had on Caddyshack. He's so used to live performances on stage and he would do his jokes and nobody would laugh. And he's like, well, come on. And he's yeah. like, no, this is a movie. We can't. We're biting our lips to bleed for not laughing. Yeah, don't react. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard to do in a special movie. I, I think movie comedy is really difficult because you don't know how it's going to play out. You know, every, yeah. you could write and like, man, that might be funny. But or you could write the best thing ever and in the edit, it doesn't come to piece together right. And you're like, uh-oh. Right. It doesn't, the editing or something like, or missed it mark or yeah. it sounds this way. Yes. Yeah. So I think I would try to navigate it like a parody. Because I really love slasher movies. I grew up with slasher movies. I know the formula of slasher movies. And I think people love slasher movies to a point that you can make fun of a movie like that and still enjoy it and call it a slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's a movie called The Initiation with Daphne Zaniga where the screenwriter was Charles Pratt Jr. He wrote all these soap operas, 80 soap operas. And it's a very soap opera movie. If you take out all the slasher out of it, it's Days it's of Our Lives. <laughs> it's Teenagers Days of Our Lives. You take out the girls taking a shower and the, all the slasher tropes. You take all that and it's like, oh my God, it's Days of Our Lives or Young and Restless. Yeah. Which is funny because he wrote that screenplay and then after it, he went into soap operas. It sounds, it looks like some producers like, oh my God, he's perfect for soap operas. I'm hiring him to write soap opera. Yeah. So that's what another thing is. You can retain something, right? You can, even if it's like a slasher movie, but like, that's good for soap operas. Yeah. That's clever. I think that crosses uh, dramas, as you like to say. <laughs> Is there any movie that really did some damage, like a really traumatic? Because you talk about, like, you saw some things that were like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, I've mentioned it before. It's, it's the first movie that I um, ever watched that had an impact on me. Yeah. And it was Jaws. That, 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 right. I was like five years old. Was I five? I was really young. I was too young to be watching it. Um, Fish can get that big. <laughs> it changed my it changed my life. Like I, yeah. for a long time, couldn't be in a pool, couldn't take a shower. You like could close my well, eyes. Everybody and else see did a that. Shark. <laughs> the where I grew up, uh, yeah. the swim team were the tiger sharks. So there were sharks painted in the pool. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but I love. That's not. I mean, that, that, that's trauma. I, I mean, that's, but but I love it. Right. I did my deep dive. I'm a Shark Week fanatic. Okay. Shark Fest. I watch it every year. Mm-hmm. I want to do a shark. Movie. Parody. You got to do it. We got to learn what Spielberg learned the hard way is it's hard to film on the water because yeah. things are constantly moving. Yeah. So he's like, well, just get another boat and set the camera still. Well, wait. All right, action. Yeah. Now no, you're the boat's won't. 20. <laughs> come back, come back. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you have to figure out shooting on water because everything's mm-hmm. constantly moving. The ground's always moving. And that's, 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 you that's have to, tricky. That is super tricky. It's above my pay skill right now. <laughs> you know? But I'd like to figure that one out for sure. Because at the core, parody is all about you have to love it. 
Yeah. You have to I've love seen it. every I've seen every shark movie. I challenge anybody to tell me one that I haven't seen. Um Ouija Shark. I can't I love I've it. I've never heard of this. Oh g- I'm writing watch it down. It. Okay. it is um Wild Eye Releasing. <laughs> And they put out some fabulous content. I'm not even kidding. There's like a Jurassic Pastor. So, I can't remember right now. Um, but Ouija Shark. You should watch that one. I think there's a Ouija Shark too. So I'm very excited for that premiere. <laughs> I love it. Are you When you write, do you, can you write in any space? Or do you have to have like a little sanctuary? No, I... I'm pretty much anywhere. I can okay. do it. I'm not I'm not super skilled at it, right? I, you get, I'm you're still learning how to. As you say, you're, you're getting your bearings, as I would yeah, say. You're finding work. Figuring it out. Yeah. I'm writing things that I want to see. And so it's just kind of like moments that it happens. And it's not even full sentences, really. It's just kind yeah. of like idea. And then that happens. And then, but how does it end? You know, and just. I think that's perfect how you start out. You want to see something that you. I want to write, I want this in there. I like this. Yeah. So how are you going to write it in there? Yeah. I like that part. I like that catch. And there are people who can write like music inspires them or it's like a visual, you know, like I really want a shot like this. And I'm so envious of those people. Because <laughs> I, it's just like white. When I think my brain just goes white. Right. You know, and I've got, I'm like, I don't know how this will work, but somebody will figure it out. <laughs> it's like, it's, Scorsese says, I had the, f- I already have it in my mind, the film. We just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, how dare you? Yes. <laughs> I already know what it looks like on film. I already, th- we just haven't done it yet. Just got to make it happen. Michelangelo wow. always said that with his sculptures. He was always in there. I just had to get him out. Yeah. That's what he said about David. He was in there. I just knew he had to get out. It's like, that's how. I'm so impressed with people who can then make it or can explain it to other people. Because I'm like, right, so then if the camera like moves like this <laughs> and everybody's... Huh? No. What? <laughs> yeah. I talk about it with uh, Jane S because we talked about Jaws and we talk about effective filmmaking. And, I, was, and, we out, and I, I like the movie too, but then I went back to like an academic eye, like why? Why is this so effective? And then I realized what Spielberg did in the beginning with the woman, the beginning of the movie, where she goes in the, yeah. in the, in the water. Yeah. He put the buoy out stationary so you can see how fast she's moving. Yeah. And he put it not so far, just like a marker, just to let you know how things are moving so fast. That's. It was her scream for me. And her scream too. Oh. But you, what I'm, I'm saying, yeah. for filming, you yeah. have to have something stationary to know speed. Yeah, here's baseline. Right, yeah. and then this is all the movement and change. And then you cut a little bit, so it's not so busy. Cut back to the boy, like <laughs> yes, <laughs> drunk on the beach. Wait for me. But her ending fits perfect. It's just a bloop. Yeah, like silent. The, like the whole world's not gonna know. I know. I know. Ooh, I got goosebumps. Ooh. Like Love all it. this traumatic, all this stuff, and the world's just not gonna. Know. We know, but nobody else really know. It's almost like we know a secret, right? Yes. I went and saw it in um, Burnsville does like, you know, here's a classic yeah. movie yeah. once a month, once a week maybe. And a bunch of kids walked in and I was like, oh, no. I was so They're going to vape. and <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I hate this. But it was so fun to relive my experience with Jaws through their screams. Because this was obviously <laughs> the first time they had seen it. And I was like, that's kind of morbid of me, but also... 
very enjoyable. There's some moments where it's funny. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They, you know, yeah. you're too young for that. <laughs> yeah, you're too young. Yeah. But I always say, especially for writing, think of somewhere where it can be funny. Not I'm saying like you get a joke, not something comedic or something, but something where it can be funny. You know, Jaws yeah. where they dis- desecrate the billboard. That's funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, There's a lot of funny moments. Yeah. Their characters are just so great too, and each so dynamic. And yeah. that's really what I want. I want people with faults and good qualities and who make bad decisions. Well, all three of them in the boat at the end, they all have yeah. faults. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you connect with, I feel There's like. something I always mention, um, especially for character writing, is I like when we have something that I call a barometer character. It's somebody, well, Shaw's character, Quinn, is a barometer character. So when he's calm... We're, we're, sh- we're pretty sure everything's going to be calm. Yeah. And that works for the movie, too, because when he says, no, no shark ever takes down three barrels, and then three barrels go down, and then you see his face, it's like, we're, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. That gives everybody in the movie theater shivers, because yeah. he's the barometer. Now we know things, because we're like, okay, he can handle this, you know, and then when he gets, uh, not three barrels, and then it goes like, oh, we're... This he is can't handle this. This is, can't handle this, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's great. I love those kind of because I think that's great writing because you understand the audience participation into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, something too that I, I you know, I really want to see on screen is. Um, do you know Vanessa? Uh, oh yeah. Powers. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's great, right? And she's one of these big like. No, I messaged her a couple of weeks ago. You're <gasps> the one. You get it. <laughs> Is she? Are you gonna yeah. have her on? Uh, well, yeah, she'll come back. Yeah, we're taking. She's really busy. Yes. But we're never yes. getting uh, once she's done with because she's doing sins of her father. Yes. And then she's doing another thing, and then I was like, once you're done with principal photography, I definitely have to come back. Come back. Yeah, I think yeah. she's she's also from Hutch. She is too. Yeah. What are you guys drinking over there? I don't know. Something's <laughs> in the water out there. Um, I just I want more of uh, her eye, you know, and mm-hmm. and putting women in out of these character breakdowns of like no. yeah. this is an attractive woman. Well, what does that mean? Right, because the know? script called for attractive woman. Well, what the? <laughs> I'm an attractive woman. What the? And you're like, what does this mean? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I think you'll have, have you met, you've talked to her before? Yeah, she's been on my show. Yeah. yeah she's been on the show before. And we were navigating to when she can come back as well. Good. Yeah. Because I messaged her after Z-Fest. I was like, yeah. it, you could go to film school. You can go and learn how to shoot with camera and everything. Very few people get it. That's yeah. my freak. Get it. She's the one that, you get it. Yeah. How to make a movie. Because yeah. you could do all the academic, how shot list and all that stuff. But how do you make it moving? How do you make it? I dig it? her. She's very cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's got she's got it. Now I can't explain it, but Yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, she did that short film with um the two people on stage. And for Z Fest. I can't remember mm. they're doing the oh, Shakespeare lines. Um yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I can't recall the title either. I can recall. I'm sorry, Vanessa, but I I looked at it and I was like, if she makes the camera be the third character, she gets it, and yeah. she did. And I was like, there you go, you're on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's one of the other things I think of talk about with film people, people who want to do film, want to go into school and everything. It's not like theater. The camera is always the third character, the added character in the movie. Yeah. And I think it's hard for people not acting because a lot of times you're just acting for that camera as well. Yeah. But it's such a, it's part of the character. Yeah. Yeah. So Haley. Yes. This is fun. Isn't it? This was a great time. I, we should come back. Let's do it. I know. Yeah. When we talk horror movies and yes. blood spattering and true crime. Oh, please. <laughs> I want nothing more. <laughs> so, um, as you uh, probably listened before, it's not over till the guests say it's over. It's over. All right, there we go.